Isn't his goodness good? I know I used the word twice, but hey, good morning. How are you guys this morning? Just great. <laughs> good. Well, I am honored to be bringing the word to you this morning, and I'm excited about what God is doing here at Lifeway. We spent the entire service Wednesday night testifying. It was cool. Miracle after miracle, healing after healing. If you're missing Wednesday night, you're missing it. Got to come. God is doing big things in this house. Amen? Is he doing big things in your life? Good. Because you know what I saw this morning while we were singing that last song? I got to look at the words because I always mess them up and Travis always makes fun of me. Okay. Where is it? From the ashes of defeat. That's the words I want. Where are you, Travis? Anyway, okay, I can't find the words because I'm looking too fast. But the part that says, um, in your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king has resurrected me. Thank you. By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. That's the part I wanted. By his spirit we will rise from the ashes of defeat. And you know what I saw all across this room? I saw people standing up in, out of the ashes. And yeah, you were covered in them still a little bit, but the presence of God was washing you clean and the ashes were leaving. Amen. They're leaving. They're going. You are rising from defeat, from whatever the enemy thinks he's going to take you down with. It's not his day. It's not his day. By your spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. You are resurrected beings this morning. You are not in death. You are not in loss. You are not in brokenness. You are resurrected into wholeness. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Sound good? Sweet. I love when Jesus pulls it all together. So last week... We talked about the beauty of discipline, and it was such a powerful message. It rocked our worlds upside down and back again, that our God is a God that loves us enough to step into where we are and to bring us out into something new, to discipline us, to prune us, to walk with us, to love us, and that he's gentle. His ways are perfect. And so he walks with us gently. He doesn't abruptly smack us in the side of the head, although sometimes we probably need it. I don't know. Do you guys need that sometimes? <laughs> he is good. And so today we're going to talk about the beauty of restoration. Hmm. We're going to break through some stuff today. Are you ready? We're going to break through some stuff today. I don't know what all your stuff is, but I know I have some stuff that I need broken through. That I need rest, restoration. I need restored. How many of you like the show Fixer Upper? Come on, admit it. How many of you are a little bit obsessed like me? <laughs> it is my favorite show on television. Because they take something from ashes and make it into something beautiful again. They take something that is completely ugly, completely out of date, completely not what that family wants, and they make it into something brand new that is more beautiful than you can imagine. 
And I love that. And, and I told Travis that one time, and I think we were at a Sean Bowles, and he said that he talked about people's personalities and how they like to see things restored. And that's part of my personality. That's part of my gifting, is my heart is to see things set right. And that, that's the heart of God, right? Right? That's the heart of God in us, that our hearts are to see things restored, to see things redeemed, to see things healed, to fix what is broken. Amen? When I look at you and I see you going through pain and I see you going through suffering, my heart's desire, and I know I can't fix it, it's not my job, but my heart's desire is to see redemption, to see restoration, to see you go from death to life. That's like what gets my boat afloating. Does that make sense? <laughs> it gets my boat afloating to see restoration. I love it. I love what, um, Rick, I'm really sorry for picking on you. But I love what I'm seeing happening downtown. I'm seeing life being breathed back in. Yeah? Have you noticed something different? God is bringing restoration. God is bringing life. He's breathing life into our cities. He's breathing life into our county. This is not just a Lifeway thing and a Leslie thing. This is a body of Christ thing. This is, a, this is the heart of God. And this has been his heart from beginning to end. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit and fell, things were broken. Things were lost. Things were disturbed. Things were flipped upside down. And God, you know why God made Adam and Eve? Why did God make Adam and Eve? Relationship. Somebody said it. Why did he make them? Because he wants relationship. Why did he restore us through Jesus on the cross? Because he wants that Adam and Eve relationship with us. Yeah? He's restored that relationship with Jesus. And when we say yes to Jesus, we are restored in relationship like we were just brand new babies and like Adam and Eve. Please wear clothes. Don't walk around naked. But just like Adam and Eve. It's not acceptable in our culture. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I was just looking at verses of his restoration because I, you know, this word restoration, you're going to hear me say it a lot, like, does he really do this? Does he really want to see us fully restored? Or are we just saved? Are we just getting by? Are we just dealing with this in our lives or that? Because it's just life. That's just life. This is just how life goes. And we just have to go with it. And so we live in the ashes instead of the victory. God has been about restoration from the beginning. Jesus was always a part of the plan. He wasn't a backup plan. He wasn't a plan B. Jesus was always part of the plan. Don't ever let yourself forget that. He was always part of the plan. I looked up several verses with the word restore, and these are random, okay? So I'm not going to tell the whole story with them. But Genesis 40, verse 13, it's on the screen. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cup bearer. You were restored to your position. God is about restoring what was lost. 
So in this story, I believe this is the story of Joseph interpreting the dream. I didn't look up the full context, but he restored the cupbearer to the lost position. Go with me to Deuteronomy 33, 30 verse 3. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Job 8, 6. If you are pure and upright, even now he will rouse himself on your behalf and restore you to your prosperous state. That's Job who went through a lot. But what, what did God do for Job? He restored everything and then some, right? Psalms 41.3. The Lord sustains them on their sickbed and restores them from their bed of illness. I like that. Is God about restoring? Those are just a few verses that I pulled out of the middle of the Bible, out of the Old Testament. Those aren't even the New Testament yet. <laughs> Isn't that good? Do you, are you, I know it's track with me, but we're not going to go into all the depths of the stories that were happening. But the stories that were happening, Joseph, Joseph was, was thrown into a pit, was kidnapped. He went through so much. And what did God do at the right time through his obedience and his willingness to trust him through all of it? He raised him up. Job, the enemy said, let me at him. He said, go ahead. Job's mine. He's my righteous son. Go ahead and do, do your worst. Huh? And did Job stand through it all? Did God stand with him? You hear God speaking to him all throughout, reminding him who he is, reminding him who God is in his life. Job had issues. We all have issues, okay? So that's a relief to know that God was working things out in him. But God redeemed what was lost, what was stolen. He is in the business of restoring what was lost. If it is death, loss, or destruction, it is not from him. This is something that Eric Fredrickson, teaching on Wednesday night, has said, and I love it. Because it gives me framework to know what's happening in my life. If it is death, loss, or destruction, it's not God doing it to me. Do you hear me? God doesn't hurt us. God disciplines us. But he doesn't do things to hurt you. He doesn't do things he wants to do away with that, whatever that theology that's crept into the church, that his, you know, the tough times you're going through is God trying to teach you something. Mm. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That is not him. If it is death, loss, or destruction, it is not him. Okay? The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy that's John 10.10. 10. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. Death, loss, destruction. That's what he came to do. But Jesus came that we may have life and life to the fullest, life more abundantly, right? Sometimes the loss or destruction is from our own hand of disobedience. Sometimes it is the enemy. Either way, God longs to set things right. Either way, 
he longs to set things right. If you've experienced something, because of, sometimes there's consequences to our sins, and we've messed up. But God is not looking at you saying, you need to wallow there. You need to, you need to pay for that. You messed that up. You need to just sit there and wallow in it. That's not him. That's not how he works. He'll discipline us. He'll prune things out of our lives, and, and we'll know when something is not right. And that redemptive heart, that recognition of, I didn't do the right thing in this circumstance. God, please forgive me. Guess what happens when you say that? You're forgiven right now. And he's going to restore what was lost. That's his game. That's his, not his game. That's his goal. That's what I meant to say. That is his goal, is restoration. He does not play games with us. Hmm. He longs to bring life to the dead places and restore the broken parts and heal the ache from mistakes. Jesus is our ultimate restorer. He came to set things right, to restore things back to better than they were before. He is our redeemer and healer and restorer now. Not just when we transition into heaven, but now. It's a beautiful thing to go to heaven. It's going to be amazing, isn't it? Oh, what a day that will be. But Jesus didn't come for us to get saved and wait till we get there to be restored. Man, thank goodness. He didn't come just to say, okay, you're good. You're getting into heaven now. Let's just keep going and you just deal with life. You just deal with it. You just take the punches. You just roll with it. No, he came that we may have a, an abundant life, an abundant restored life. Amen? I know I'm being repetitive. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. It'll be on the screen partly, but you guys still with me? Yeah? Okay, sweet. Holy Spirit, I just want your word to penetrate every heart in this room. The truth of your word is where the power is. And I pray that every heart would know right now in this moment that you are about their restoration. That is what you came to do. Thank you, Father. Amen. All right, so we're going to read in the Passion Translation, and I really love this. God's power raised us from the dead. Are you raised? Are you alive? Amen. And his fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses, 
It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm, who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient in the truth of God. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We lived by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children, subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But God, <laughs> you need to circle that in your Bible, but God, I, when I was teaching and I was teaching reading, I would say, there's always a but. <laughs> okay. But God, because when in a story, you've got the worst case scenario, but here comes the best part, right? Yeah? Okay. But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. Where are you? The glorious perfection, and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. That is who you are, believer in Jesus. You have been raised up into glorious perfection and authority. You have authority over death, loss, and destruction. You have authority over the enemy. Throughout the coming ages, Verse 7, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace. <laughs> wow. Take, take a minute. I want to read that again. Throughout the coming ages. Are we in the coming ages right now? Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. You are his glorious display of infinite grace and kindness. For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we could do, nothing we did could ever earn this salvation. For it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. Amen? You don't earn it. You receive. You don't earn it. So no one, verse 9, so no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. We have become his poetry. <laughs> we have become his poetry, his song. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny. Ooh. And the good works we would do to fulfill it. We are his poetry. We are his recreated work. Mm. Did you catch that last line? Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny. You have a divine destiny. Every single one of you, every single person in this house has a divine destiny 
Jump ahead with me to verse 13. Yet look at you now. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united to Christ. That is perfect restoration right there. Look at you now, Jan. Look at you now. You have been made new. You are made new. When you said yes to Jesus, newness flooded your heart. Newness flooded your body. Healing came. Healing in your heart. Healing in your mind. And when some of us maybe said yes to Jesus when we were kids, some of us may have been teenagers, some of us maybe just a couple days ago, some of us maybe, you know, our whole lives we've known him. But I'm telling you right now that every day that you walk with him, every day that you allow him in your life, newness flows. Newness flows. Newness. Restoration. <laughs> Restoration. Barb, I can't not look at you and just like not try not lose it. <laughs> Praise God. Is it okay if I talk about you for a second? <sighs> I know, Emily, I know. It's so good. God is so good. <sighs> That's Emily. That's her daughter, and she's so beautiful. You're so beautiful, Em. You are. This beautiful family is sitting here. Barb was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. We talked about it last Sunday. We talked about it Wednesday. She went to the doctor this week, and they said, no more chemo. We are changing the plan. We're going to do an immunobased, I'm probably saying it wrong, based therapy response to the cancer. And she has been doing so much better. Thank you, God. I'm, I'm waiting for the scan to say the cancer's gone in Jesus' name. That is the authority we have. Oh, man, the glorious perfection and authority that he has created inside of us, Oki. It's in us. We've been talking about this. We've been, we've been learning about this. God has been revealing things to our hearts that you can, you can know Jesus and then you can know him. And we can be saved, but then he invites us into this personal relationship that flips our world upside down again, that sets things right again. It's the upside down kingdom of heaven. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for setting things right. The enemy longs to keep us in poverty mentality. The mentality of lack. He whispers in your ear, it's not enough. You're not enough. There's not going to be enough. He doesn't really heal. He doesn't really care. You're going to drown in that debt. You did it to yourself. You made this, you made this pit. You need to live in it. Mm. Do you hear the love of God in that voice at all? No. Oh, look, you messed up. Grinding your face in it. 
he wants to keep us in a place of lack, that God is not enough. That is what he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. He got them believing that God wasn't enough. That's what he does to us. You're, he's not enough. You're not enough. And I am standing here to say, I am done with that. I can't say it nicely in church. I'm done with him, and he needs to go back to hell where he belongs. No more. God has big things for us to do. He has given us a glorious perfection and a glorious authority through Jesus Christ. And no more do we allow that enemy to beat us down, to shut us down, and to shut us up. No more do we allow him to be the one that gives a voice in our finances, a voice in our home, and a voice in our family. He is done. That is the kind of authority you have. You're not just get, getting up, mustering it up. No, he's done. Through Jesus, he doesn't fit in the equation anymore. So when he, those voices come, because he, he likes to try and hit you where it hurts. I've experienced that this week. Knowing what God is doing and knowing what he is doing inside of me. And I'm going to just be real with you. This week, I've been through such an inter internal battle. He took me back to the loss of our son. And he punched me in the gut and said, it's your fault. You didn't pray hard enough. Something's wrong inside of you. And I told that to my husband. I said, something's wrong in me. I didn't do something right. Does that sound like God? Does that sound like his voice? Is that how he operates? Does he hurt us? No, I know all of these things. And I'm telling you right now that when we step into the realm of the perfection, the enemy doesn't like it. The realm of authority, he doesn't like it. And we have to allow that restoration power to continue to flow in and through us. It's not a once and done thing. It's I need you to restore me right now to the truth, God. I need you to restore me to the truth. The truth is that you are a healing God. The truth is that even if I didn't get the answer I wanted in this situation, doesn't mean that you don't want to do it in this situation. The truth is that my son is in heaven. I know where he is, and he is redeemed, and he is with Jesus. And whatever the enemy tries to do and tries to manipulate in our lives and tries to shove in our faces to hit us where it hurts, we have to recognize. It may take a couple of days, but we have to recognize what's happening, and we have to say, not today, Satan. Not today. You are here for my wholeness, God. You are here for my redemption. This is a true working it and walking it out. And God loves us so much, and he wants to walk it out with us. He's not going to leave us in it. Amen? We may not always understand why. And how many of you have asked that question, why, God? Why? And he's asking us to say, not why, but what? Good friend told me that. Don't ask why, ask what. God, what are you doing in this situation? Because of our son, we've talked about this, our lives are completely different. 
because we had him, because we got pregnant with him, because he went all the way to 38 weeks and we birthed him in the hospital, because he was a part of our lives. We are different people today and we have seen the grace of God in our lives more powerful than we have ever seen. Because of his life, we are who we are. God has a plan and his plan is restoration. What the enemy meant to destroy Travis and I, God took it and he flipped it upside down. He flipped it upside down. He turned the tables on him and said, no, you thought you were going to take them out. You could think you're going to win, but you do not win. <laughs> Never. Ha! Yes. I wasn't even going to go there. I'm living proof that he restores. <sighs> Stepping into God's mindset about you and your life is so powerful. And God's mindset is newness. He makes all things new. The enemy's game is shame and guilt and condemnation. God's is grace, mercy, kindness, and love. If the voice sounds like shame, guilt, and condemnation, it is not from God. If it is death, loss, and destruction, it is not from God. God turns all things together for the good of those who love him. All things, not some parts, not just a little bit, all things to the good. It may not be exactly what we hoped for or what we expected, but God's goodness, and he, he just takes and he just washes over. And, he, and, and, and it, he shows up in ways that we never thought we could possibly even deserve. And he just washes over and renews and restores like a good paint job on a fixer-upper with new walls and new foundation and new everything. Amen? He restores the brokenhearted. It's one of my favorite verses. And he binds up their wounds. Mm. He restores what was lost. Come on. He restores what was lost. I was lost and now I'm found. I was dead and now I'm alive. He restores what was lost. I'm standing here testimony to that. I was dead and now I'm alive. I was lost and now I'm found. You are restored. You are his restorative work in progress. Looking at all of you, you are his restoration. I can see it. The beauty of his restoration. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And while I read this verse, ushers, will you prepare? Because we're going to enter into a time of communion. We're going to do things a little different today. Is that okay? Okay, cool. No one said okay. <laughs> We're going to do communion right now in the middle of the message. Because communion represents that restoration. What Jesus went to the cross and paid for. Amen? His body and his blood on the cross, gave us this newness. 
So we're going to just take some time, and we're going to do communion. And then after communion, we're going to do something I don't know if we've ever really done before. So that's kind of cool and kind of scary all at the same time. Okay? So don't, don't disconnect from what I just shared with you. Keep that going in your heart. When you think about communion, when you're taking communion today, remember what you've won back. Remember what God has given back to you. Remember the restoration of where you were and where you are. What God is going to do. The things he's going to set right. The things maybe you're still waiting on and you feel like it's not, a, not yet, but it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. His body and his blood were not for nothing. And they weren't just for our sins. They were for our healing. They were for our forgiveness. They were for our miracles. They were for signs and wonders. They were for God's presence to be so in us all the time. Go ahead and come forward and get ready. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Now, if anyone is enfolded in Christ... He has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Come on, it's dead. Let that man die, he's dead. Leave him in the grave. Leave him there. Behold, everything is fresh and new. As we prepare and as the men serve us for communion today, I want you to worship with Travis and the team and think about the newness that God has created inside of you. This isn't a time for mourning. This is a time for rejoicing. Amen? You are a new creation, entirely, completely new through the body and blood and power of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen? Amen. Restoration is attractive, eh? Isn't it cool to know somebody that has been restored through Jesus? You're like, oh, hey, I know you know Jesus. I can see him in you. It's pretty good. Yes, it is. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I see when I look at you. You restored people, you. We're going to do something. Guys, go ahead and sit down. Everybody sit down. Travis, you can keep playing band. You can stay where you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for communion. Thank you for the reminder. Hmm. We never want to forget. This should never get old, right? Remembering the body and the blood of Jesus, it should never get old. Okay, this is the last thing we're going to do, and then you get to go home. Cool? Or eat lunch. <laughs> okay. So I know in this room there are things that the enemy has stolen things that have been lost, mistakes, sins, whatever, relationships that have been broken, financial burdens that maybe are our own making or an attack of the enemy. Can't blame it all on him. He's not that good. Sometimes we make decisions that get us where we are, right? So we admit that humbly and say, Lord, forgive me. But guess what? He doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to restore what was lost. He didn't say, if you sinned, you don't get that restored. No. <laughs> he said, everything is made new, right? Everything is made new. Can you bring it down just a little bit? You don't have to stop. Okay. 
You're just getting me geared up and I got to calm down. <laughs> God is the restorer. He is going to restore broken things today. How many of you would say there's something in my life, maybe a, a thought process, maybe something that's happened to you, maybe whatever, however long ago, God is the restorer of all things. And he wants to restore what the enemy meant for evil in our lives. Amen? Do you agree with that? I need you in agreement with this. Because he wants to restore you today. What we're about to do is we're about to do a declaration over you and you over yourself. Declaration means to declare something that you believe. Okay? It's a statement. It's not a question. A declaration is a statement of truth. Amen? So we are going to declare the truth over our lives. This is not a magic words thing, okay? That's not what we do here at Lifeway. We only speak the truth of the Word of God. And the truth of the Word of God is for our restoration. Amen? Okay. So some things in order to be restored, I was listening to a Bill Johnson message, and he said sometimes we've got to forgive ourselves. And sometimes we've got to forgive others that hurt us. And when that forgiveness happens, the restoration just floods, right? So sometimes it's personally something we've done and we feel like we need to live with and we need to forgive ourselves for a mistake, for something in our past that we've let determine our vision of who we are. Your identity as a daughter and son, that is it. You are not your mistakes. You are not what has happened. You have been made new. And so he wants to restore those thought processes in you. He wants to set them right. Amen? Ooh, got quiet. Okay, so Job had friends, and I'm just going to do this really quick, but Job had friends with him, and they were taunting him, basically. They were supposed to be encouraging him, but they said, did you sin? Is that why this is happening to you? Did you do something wrong? They weren't nice. Especially when you're losing all of your things, all of your family, all of your, your financial means. Everything is getting wiped away. And they're blaming him. And the Lord went to Job and he said, if you forgive them, I will forgive them. And when you forgive them, I will restore everything that was lost twofold. Sometimes we hold on and we don't even know we're holding on to unforgiveness in our heart. Even maybe towards God. In a situation in our hearts, in our lives, he wants us to walk in forgiveness. And when we walk in forgiveness, his restoration is there to swoop in and just follow behind and restore what was lost. And we know the story. Job's entire household was restored. Shame hasn't restored you. This is a quote from Bill Johnson. So let's try something else. Okay, so I'm not shaming you for whatever I, you maybe internalized with what I just said. Shame hasn't restored you. Do not sit in shame. Do not sit in unforgiveness against yourself. It's done. It's had its day. It's time for something new. It's time for something new. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the new. Ha. Ah. 
Self-condemnation is nothing but deception. Self-condemnation is nothing but deception. So sometimes to feel better about our situation, we condemn ourselves. You idiot. If you would have only just done this and this and this, you wouldn't be in this situation. Why are you so stupid? It's done. It's had its day. That is not God's heart for you. That is not how he wants to think you to think about your life or yourself. He's here to restore and set you right. Are you ready? I am. I'm telling you, I don't want anything in me that isn't completely new. I don't want any thought process in me that doesn't line up with his love because his love covers over everything. I don't want anything in me that isn't healing or being healed or is healed right now. I want his restoration in my life. And I'm going to declare the truth in my life today. Will you do it with me? Okay, so here's what we're going to do first. Those three verses that were kind of random at the beginning of the message, I kind of was looking at it and I'm like, oh, wow, that's super cool. Because the first one was about restoring of a position. Restoration of a position of a job. Okay. The second one was restoration of financial fortunes. The third one was restoration of everything, <laughs> Job and everything that was stolen and lost. The last one that I read was restoration of health. And I know there are people in this room that need to see that restoration power walked out right now. What's really cool is in Proverbs, God's wisdom in Solomon, right? God gave Solomon his wisdom. In Proverbs, Solomon said that those that stole needed to repay seven times what was lost. Are you ready to receive sevenfold back what the enemy has stolen from you? Are you ready to receive back the years that you thought were lost and unredeemable? Are you ready for him to work in ways you never thought imaginable? Relationships you never thought could be restored? Come on. He wants to. And all you have to do is stand on it and say, I declare this in my family. I declare this in my household. You look at David and he goes into the valley with Goliath and says, do you know what God we serve? Come on, guys, let's go. I can take this guy out. Do you know what God we serve? And what giant seems to be standing in front of you, keeping you from his restoration is dead. He's gone. He's already gone. He's already blown in the wind. Okay. All right, I think I've, I've said enough. Okay, let's see. We're going to do three things I believe that we're supposed to stand for today. The first one is going to be about relationship. And I'm going to make you stand. And please don't just sit there because that will really poke a hole in my balloon. Just kidding. God is the one that, right? I want you to respond, not for me, okay? Don't respond for me or my balloon. Respond because God is moving you in your heart to see this happen in your life. Don't be embarrassed. No, no more Satan will you keep us down. No more will you stop us from standing in the wholeness and the fullness of God. So if you need a restoration in a relationship in your life, if there's a relationship that was broken, 
somewhere along the line, it could be 30 years ago, and you want restoration and redemption, I want you to stand right now. Relationship, it could be a business relationship. It could be a child that's wayward. It could be a friend that I'm standing for a friend that I lost, that I want to see restoration and redemption in this relationship. Friendships matter. Friendships matter to God. You can keep your eyes open, and I'm going to declare this over you and with your whole heart. I want, can you guys repeat it back to me? Is that cool or is that weird? feel like it's school, but let's do it. Let's repeat it back because it's coming out of your heart and your mouth and your mind. Ready? Okay. I declare that there is no relationship that can't be restored or redeemed. God can either restore or if it's not a healthy relationship, redeem it and give me the perfect replacement as if it was his original plan A. Father God, you are good. And I speak restoration over marriages in this house. I speak restoration over families. I speak restoration over coworker relationships and business relationships. I pray that we would see your restoration. There is no plan B. You are good. Amen? All right, cool. You can sit down. You might stand up again. That's great too. Okay, the next one is finances and favor. Mm. We have been seeing God do such amazing things and, and, oh, I can't even, we don't have enough time. Okay, so if you need a breakthrough in your finances in any area, it could be because of debt, it could be a job, it could be it could be something you did to get you where you are, but you need to let it go and let God, okay? If you need a breakthrough in your business, I'm trying to name everything I can possibly think of for your children, for, um, for your house, for your car, for your washer, for your dryer. Come on, God cares about all those things, right? If you need a financial breakthrough, we had a week, a couple weeks ago, where our dryer broke down, our washer broke down, and then our refrigerator started leaking on the floor. And I'm like, not today, Satan. Come on. And do you know what God did? He provided us with a brand new dryer at half the cost. And our washer was fine. It just had too much in it. And the refrigerator, the hole in the bottom was clogged. So all we had to do was put hot water in it and it opened up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know it's silly, but God cares about all those things. So if you have something in your life right now that is you need favor, stand. Amen. Stand. Come on. Or, you know, you just want God to just, you know, blow up your finances. That'd be cool. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? I declare that my resources and finances will be restored and rebuilt. Any warfare bad choices I or others have made against me 
market trends, or broken investments, any damage I have, have inflicted upon me will be restored in my lifetime, not only for me, but also it will multiply, hallelujah, to my children and their children and their children and their children in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Ha! I feel things being broken. Woo! Okay, last one. Ready? And then we're going to go to lunch and redeem our stomachs. Hallelujah. Healing in your body. I'm not even going to elaborate. If you need a healing in any part of your body for anything, don't let anything be too minimal or too minuscule. Healing in your body, stand. Do not stay sitting. This is our time. This is our time. Complete restoration. We're watching God do it. And if you're sitting, reach out to those who are standing because we are just going to agree together all together. Are you ready? This is a three-parter. Here we go. I declare that anything that doesn't line up with this plan, his plan, would be healed, removed, canceled, and cursed. I speak to my body. Be whole, healed, healthy in Jesus' name. I also declare that my body is no longer bound to any generational patterns. Woo! And that I won't inherit the negative anymore from my family line or my DNA. My line is straight from you. Your original design. And I will live in health all the days you intended for me. I declare that my body is healthy and healed of any sickness, disease, injury, ailment, hormonal imbalance that it has been dealing with. And I receive your healing now in Jesus' name. Praise him and thank him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Woo! Yes. Hallelujah. Breaking through right now, Jesus. Restoration, restoration, restoration. Woo! Isaiah 43, 19. This is it. I'm leaving you with this. Are you ready? Behold, I am doing a new thing. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Woo! Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. Come on. New. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.